At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. Welcome to Healthcare Americana, coming to you from the Freedom Doc Studios. I am your host, Christopher Habig, CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. This is a podcast for the 99% of people who get care in America. We talk to innovative clinicians, policymakers, patients, caregivers, executives, and advocates who are fed up with the status quo and have a desire to change it. We take you behind the scenes with people across America that are putting patients first and restoring trust in American healthcare. About a year and a half ago, we had a company and a founder on. Company was called RX Review. Founder was called Carm Huntress. Named Carm Huntress. Sorry about that, Carm. They were doing some very innovative work in the pharmaceutical world and benefits world. And so one of these episodes, you know, I, I love to do the kind of where are they now? And so we've had some different physicians on here before getting updates, what they're doing with their different types of practices. We've had companies come on before, kind of those repeat offenders, as I affectionately call them. Today, we are continuing that trend and RX Review is back, but better than ever, they've grown and they've rebranded. So please welcome to basically update us on what's been going on uh, in the last year and a half or so. Kyle Kaiser, the CEO of Arrive Health. Kyle, welcome to Healthcare Americana. It's always nice to have repeat offenders. I know you weren't the guest last time, but representing a great company. And, and I enjoyed that conversation with Carm before. So tell us what's been going on since you know uh, late 2021. Uh, well, Chris, we've been busy. We've grown quite a bit. We, you know, from I'll take you all the way back to 2019. From 2019 till present day, we went from doing a few thousand transactions a month to now doing just over 8 million transactions a month. We're connected to 200 million plus health insurance members on our supply side of our network. Uh, We're connected to a few hundred thousand providers on the demand side of our network and and the network's working and growing and and now supported by some CMS regulation, which is uh, always a good thing in healthcare. I think you said that with a straight face. I, there might be some pitchforks coming out uh, for you on that one. I think you just said some trigger words there. So walk me through really what's been driving a lot of your growth and then give our audience just a recap on you know what Arcs Review was before and then what it has become. Sure, yeah. So, well, the, the core is still the same. So the core is delivering real-time, patient-specific, moment-in-time-specific pricing in the ordering workflows of providers. I think our goal more broadly is that we want to introduce consumer choice into the clinical decision-making process and throughout the patient experience. The only purchasing decision in our economy where someone else makes a purchase on your behalf and you have no idea what it costs until you show up and then you're asked to pay for it. Our goal is to change that. So the core of the platform is still delivering real-time, patient-specific, moment-in-time-specific costs when it matters most. We're connecting action to choices. What's grown and changed and improved is that we we think about these problems as ways that providers can empower patients, right? The, the provider's at the center of this and the provider-patient relationship is at the center of this. But it's also sort of how do we wrap that in the care team and patient 
empowerment themselves. So uh, the big thing that's changed is that just before the end of the year, we acquired a company from UPMC that's a sort of a patient management system specifically for pharmacy. It's virtual pharmacy assistant that is a care team tool that does automated outreach to patients on behalf of adherence issues, drives adherence and quality, uh, improves readmissions, you know, and, and drives health system capture for their pharmacy. So that's a big change for us. And our goal now is to really make sure that provider decision-making and workflow, care team, outreach, and patient advocacy for themselves is all singing from the same sheet of music. So core mission remains the same. You've added capabilities. Why the rebrand? Uh, it was a few things. I, I think we are driving connections beyond just pharmacy. You know, but a big and important part of pharmacy itself is specialty meds. Specialty meds are largely medical benefit related. Uh, maybe not largely, but in, in has a large portion of them, which are medical benefit related. We're pursuing those connections, building out that network. And the other side of this is Arch Review is hard to spell, hard to Google, hard to pronounce. It was one of those names that I think we, we sort of just outgrew. And as we think about the future, the pharmaceutical event is a great opportunity for continuous care. So it's one of the more frequent things that happens to a patient or provider. And including quality information like absent care is just a natural part of, of what happens uh, throughout that process. Arrive Health just positions us better to pursue those opportunities more holistically. Got it. So you're in growth mode. Say, all right, we're going to find it easier, make it easier for people to talk about us, find us. You mentioned a couple of times that you know you see pharmaceutical you know events as a way to really enhance. Kind of, I'm going to say relationship, just because that's my world in the DPC world. So, what do you mean by that when you say a pharmaceutical event? And then how do you view that as a company to say? Okay, somebody came and get their meds. Now we get to really deploy our entire philosophy, all of our great products for that person. I think in abstract, it's the most frequent thing that happens to a patient when they're pursuing care, right? More often than not, the result of a physician encounter is medication. And that comes with a lot of complexity and a lot of questions. And usually whoever wins the right to navigate that patient does so on their own behalf, right? If it's a hub, it's on behalf of pharma. If it's the specialty pharmacy, it's on behalf of their ability to capture that prescription. If it's the health plan, then more often than not, it's navigating around a prior author. It's trying to sort of help them overcome some plan design element. And we as a company have sort of come from this provider orientation from providing organizations as our investors, as where we were incubated, as sort of the roots from which we've sprung. And honestly, patients want those answers from their provider. If you have a question about your medication after it's been prescribed, your first thought's not to call your health insurance company. Your first thought's to call that provider. More often than not, they don't have that information. So step one has been get that information in the hands of the provider. Now, step two of this is how do we empower that provider and the care team associated with that provider with all the right information and tools and technology they need to be that proactive navigation partner? And when they do that, they have an opportunity then to drive adherence and improve value-based care. They have an opportunity to capture the prescription for their organization if that's important to them. And frankly, it's where the patients are looking to get those answers anyway. So it's kind of a meet them where they are opportunity. Yeah, that's interesting. And I appreciate you going into detail for it because you know I think it's a great point that most people are going to interact with their pharmacy. And I've heard that before from you know community pharmacists that are like, no, we see we see patients far more often than their doctors actually do because they're coming in for refills and that type of a thing. 
On the business side, what kind of organizations are really fueling the majority of your growth? Are these small practices? Are these large organizations? Are these hospital networks? Are they insurance companies? You mentioned a litany of a clientele previously, but you know, where's your biggest growth coming from? It's a mix. Um, so we, we work closely with our EOR partners. So in the Athena environment, for example, it's a lot of ambulatory care. We work across their whole footprint for a portion of our network. In Cerner, it's a mix. It's some ambulatory and it's some large IDN. And then we work in Epics primarily with the large IDNs. I think as we look to the tools I just described, which is how you connect the access team and the care team with the provider and the patient, more often than not, it's the large IDNs that are really focused on that as an opportunity. And we just signed a deal with Providence in the Northwest that's that's focused on better connecting their pharmacy with their provider network. And, and that's really the typical and, and ideal customer for us right now is the large IDN that wants to connect their patients more seamlessly into their pharmacy experience. What kind of sales cycle do you see on that? Because again, speaking from experience, trying to work with larger, you know, we represent smaller clinics around the country. Dealing with larger employers, dealing with the benefit side, anybody like that, I mean, the sales cycle just for us is years. What are you seeing on your side? Do you like you raise your hand and like, hey guys, this could save you a ton of money, save you a ton of time, save you a ton of hassle. And someone's like, yeah, this is a great idea. And then where does it go from there? If, if you find a sales cycle in healthcare that's not more than a year, I'd love to hear about it. And we would be very interested in selling <laughs> into that channel. I'm not sure it exists. You got to go direct to the doctors and you got to say, hey, I'm going to make your life better by not working with insurance companies. And they're like, okay, yeah, I'm done. So we've seen doctors make decisions on like starting up DPC practices in a week or less sometimes. Usually it's about usually it's about a week to two and a half months before we get a thumbs up, a thumbs down decision. So that's the only example that I can tell you, Kyle. That's it. <laughs> fair. That's fair. So it sounds a bit like an emancipation strategy in that case. A little bit, a little bit. Like here's your liberation. Uh, exit, exit to the stage left. The uh, you know, enterprise healthcare is, you know, it's, it's hard, long, slow sales cycles. We we are we've got a really talented team. We've got a really strong value proposition, and I think we're doing those things in months, not years. But it's still, you know, it's not fast. We're talking with Kyle Kaiser, the CEO of Arrive Health. Kyle, you mentioned earlier you exist in a regulatory environment. Uh, I guess I should say an environment that has a lot of regulations in it. Uh, and you said you're working with CMS, and they're being friendly, which is encouraging. Um, there's a lot of proponents in there, uh, in my world, in our industry, that you know CMS should go away and um, there's only bad things that happen when they get involved. That's not for us to debate. So give us kind of your take on working with, with regulators, what that means for your industry, and then what you guys were able to do from a solution standpoint. Well, um, if we can offer some optimism, there's two things that are really important to us that have happened that I think are good progress. One, uh, what we do is called real-time benefit. There's uh, a real-time benefit tool is one way to describe what we do, which is just generating the real-time response on behalf of a specific patient and their specific pharmacy. A couple of years ago, CMS required that if you are a Part D plan, so a Medicare plan that provides supplemental pharmacy outpatient coverage, then you have to have a real-time benefit capability. So you have to have the ability to respond to an inquiry generated from the point of care around price, which is great news. And then uh, just at the first of 23, so just a few months ago, that that is now extended to patients. So now there's the requirement that the point of care and patients are connected to those real-time responses from Part D plans. So they all have the capability to generate those responses. They're all putting that information where action's happening now. So 
to us, those are good and important things that should happen, right? That's that's putting that price out in front of those that are making decisions, and uh, that's what that's what we want to see. So, I don't want to be too Pollyanna about the role of regulation in healthcare because I share some of your your and your listeners' concerns, but this is one of those where we can celebrate. That's good. Hey, I I love a reason to celebrate, Kyle. I I uh, I look for it in pretty much everything we do, and <laughs> even the bad things. You're like, okay, where's the where's the silver lining coming from here? One of the things we talked about before, when you know, Carm was representing the previous branding here, was really kind of the, the physician experience. So the people on the ground who are actually using this, using your system, putting it into play. We talked to a lot of companies out there, and you know, they. I'll ask him, hey, is this something that helps physicians do their job or is this something that they view as another barrier to patient care or is this going to waste my time and this is just some suit up there saying, hey, I need to go do this. And it sounded like, you know, it sounded like RX Review and, and what you guys are doing was the opposite. That is actually, like you said, creating more transparency, helping doctors be more educated about things that they're prescribing. Would you say that the not to lead the witness or anything, but would you see that, hey, this is uh, our, our services are beneficial, physicians like using it, patients enjoy what we're doing? I think we had a um, we had the benefit of being incubated within the Care Innovation Center at the University of Colorado Health. And uh, Rich Zane, who's a, on our board and been a part of the company for a long time, has a core tenant as a part of that Care Innovation Center that you have to make physicians' lives easier, not harder. And uh, we took that to heart. We've been really focused on that. That what that has meant in the real world is that we we aren't an iframe that is outside of physician workflow. We aren't a different tool inside of physician workflow. We are the data network powering the OEM prescribing experience inside of the EMRs that we partner with. And that's where I think we've we've had to really work hard to you know that's a slower approach. That's a harder, longer to your point earlier, enterprise sales cycle now on three sides, payer PBM, provider, and EMR. But yes, this is one of those things where it's, it, there's no change in workflow. It's not, it's not anything different than what they saw last time, except for when they sign the order, if there's a relevant alternative, then, then we present that relevant alternative and, and what the lower cost options could be. When you deal with real-time pricing information, you know, I'm curious to see if you have any insight on this. When, you're at, when a doctor's in an exam room with a patient, using your system and they're looking at it, they're like, wow, the, this price varies wildly. Are they actually using that to make care decisions and saying, hey, maybe maybe uh, you don't go to this pharmacy over here and you go to one over here, or maybe that's not the right drug for you. Maybe we can get by by using this one over here. That's a fraction of the cost. How are you guys impacting actual care decisions? That's a great question. And actually, we should send you, we just released something last week that was some really specific examples of, of savings that happened in the real world. We've got a super user at Presbyterian New Mexico who loves to tell us these stories, and we appreciate it every time they come. But the one of the ones I remember the most is, is albuterol. Albuterol comes in three or four different forms. You can you know inhaler or disc or nebulizer or whatever it may be. And, and your insurance company, more often than not, has a preference over which one they want you to have. And one of those is zero dollars and all the rest of them are tens of or hundreds of dollars a month. So we heard a story from Kevin that one of them was 250 bucks and he was sitting in front of a patient, mom with a sick child who was in tears at the thought of having to pay 250 bucks for this inhaled steroid to make her child feel better. And he pulled the tool up, queued up all of the orders that were possible, found the one that was zero dollars and then prescribed that one instead of the $250 option. And that's that's the reason we're here, right? Like we, I'm sure Carm told you in the last episode, our Lucy up story, but 
you know, we're, we're physician founded. Part of what's in that origin story is, is our, one of our founders, Kevin O'Brien, trying to help his mom do exactly what I just described, like lower her prescription price. And so we have this mantra around the company, Lucy up. And it's because Kevin's mom's named Lucy. And we all have a Lucy in our life. Everybody's got somebody they care about or they've been that person themselves that just had an experience with the system that didn't make any sense or was really disappointing or, or overwhelming. And that's the reason this whole team's here is, is for those Lucy out moments. I love stories like that, Kyle. Thank you for sharing. And I always say, you know, if you're a physician out there, you're listening to the show or practicing and you don't know the price of your services, you're part of the problem. Like it, it's got to happen. And so now I'm just naturally curious, Kyle, like, have you ever talked to docs who are like, you know what? It's not my duty. It's not my job to know the prices. I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to refer you to the best people. I'm going to prescribe the best things that are possible for you to get you healthy. Cost be damned. I know those stories are out there. The predominant feedback we've gotten is, especially within an ambulatory setting that cost is the number one requested information from doctors because they know that delivering great care now means being able to afford it, right? Like the high deductible health plans are the way of the world and they have been for 20 years, but we haven't given physicians and patients tools to actually be consumers. So it can't be consumer driven healthcare just by, you know, making them shoulder the burden of thousands of dollars of deductible. If you want to give them the cost, you got to give them the tools to make better decisions. And now we're finally doing that. So I think that physicians have been on the front line of that. They're the ones getting the calls from the patient saying, I can't afford it. It's not in formulary. I don't know where to get it. I can't go to that pharmacy. Whatever the list of things may be, it's the frontline providers that are bearing that burden. And so if we can give them a tool that helps get that answer right the first time, then a lot of things resolve beyond that. I find that refreshing for you to say that in... There's a lot of times we have these conversations with people in hospital administration. They're like, oh, well, the physicians will never know what the prices are. They can't go figure it out themselves. And I'm like, that's total BS. There are so many tools out there that they can know exactly the price of imaging, pharmaceuticals, everything that they're referring out and then realize, oh, wow, maybe maybe I'm causing more damage to this patient by putting them in bankruptcy than I, I, I would if I prescribed something else that would be 98% effective rather than completely 100 in there. Once again, we're talking to Kyle Kaiser, CEO of Arrive Health. Kyle, kind of last couple of questions here. You know, want to focus on where you guys going in the future? Like, what do you see? So give us some insight into, I'm not a huge fan of roadmaps, but what kind of cool projects are you working on the next couple of years that you think, hey, this could really take us to the next level? I think uh, the foundation of what will be over the next couple of years is set. We've uh, we made this acquisition from UPMC. That is automated patient outreach directly linked into the care team. That plus our point of care price transparency capabilities means in an ideal world, you're sitting in front of your doctor, we're giving them real-time patient-specific, moment-in-time specific insight into the right choice for you. You walk out of your doctor's office, you get a text message that says, hey, Chris, we've just prescribed you drug X. How could we help? And you've got a way to do automated interaction with that tool to get to the right pharmacy, to get to the right affordability option if you're on a branded medication, to answer any of your questions, and then initiate, in the case where it's needed, a pharmacist interaction. So our goal is creating the tools where the patient experience for medications and healthcare for our customers looks and feels more like the digital e-commerce experience in every other aspect of your life. And that's what we're going to get done. 
I'm curious, what kind of compliance rates do you, you know, your patients who are using this system, what kind of compliance rates do you see when someone walks out of the office and gets that text? I mean, are, are they going, are 50% going to fill them? Are 90% going to fill them versus, you know, I think, I think I've heard standard industry standard is like 40 to 60%. I'm a little rough on my math there just because this question just popped in my head there, but there's a lot of people who walk out of doctor's offices and don't actually go get their meds because it's too much of a hassle. Are you guys changing that? Are you seeing improvements? Yes. I think the one fact that's probably most important is a third of non-adherence is related to affordability. And and there's a walkaway rate associated with that where it's just patients face the tiniest amount of friction or they get to the pharmacy and they say you can't afford it or they say you can't get it. And they're just gone. Right. And the combined solution I just described is where we're going. Right now, we have a standalone point of care solution and we have the standalone patient automation, care team automation tools. Uh, what we're going to do is combine those two into that future I just described. So for that future, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't know yet how what impact that sort of integrated experience is going to have on adherence. What we do know is at the point of care, over a third of the time, there's a zero dollar option available in our data. We're doing 100 million of these things a year, and we're finding that 30 percent of the time there's a zero dollar option that the physician knew nothing about, and they prescribed something more than 50 bucks. So there's an adherence barrier there. Wow. On the on the care team patient outreach tools, those have been in use at UPMC for five years. There's been a, you know, I think almost a 30% reduction in readmissions. Wow. Based on this thing, just reaching out and checking on side effects, checking on adherence, making sure that patients have what they need. In a world of bundled pricing, I mean, that's a fortune to yeah, absolutely. hospital systems out there. You, you reduce that much. I, I'm curious again, and, and I know I was going to have a couple questions left for you, Kyle, but you got me, you got me thinking here and, Sure, like a lot of audience members are laughing because they're like, yeah, this is what you do every episode, Chris. But in my world, we do a lot of in-office dispensing where, you know, if people are able to, here you go, here's your meds as you walk out the door. Are you seeing any of that trend in the people that you're working, the the companies and the offices that you're working within? Absolutely. I think in those scenarios where it's a large IDN that has, you know, a pharmacy operation or central fill facility associated with the health system, creating a more connected experience for that's a really important part of what we're doing. So the price check in and of itself checks if it's in network and if it's affordable for the patient. So we can actually optimize the health system opportunities and make sure we're only putting things forward that are, that are going to be the right choice for that patient and drive physician awareness uh, of those options. So, you know, I mentioned Providence just, just signed a deal with us. That's part of what we're doing with them. If you think about Providence got 24,000 physicians over half a dozen States or more, and how do you drive awareness of a pharmacy option, a central field pharmacy option that's available? Well, we can now do that through one integration. We can reach all of the physicians in that network and only put those things forward when we we know it's the right thing for the patient in network and affordable for the patient. So those are exactly the types of opportunities we're pursuing. Any naysayers out there who uh, don't want to see you succeed? Oh, I don't know. I'm too much of an optimist to think that's true. <laughs> So there's nobody out there being like challenging you directly, whether regulatory or trying to go the opposite way and saying, hey, transparency and real-time data is a bad thing for doctors and patients? I, you know, I think that this is an idea whose time has come, right? There's regulatory tailwinds, there's patient out-of-pocket, and so I, um, I think the tidal wave's already here. We're already riding it. And if you're not in the business of making things more transparent and accessible for patients, you're probably in a version of healthcare that's dying. Love it. Love it. Kyle, last question for you. 
you know, you're crowned, you're crowned the healthcare czar uh, of the U.S. for a day. Anything you say, wish, want to go, boom, it happens. Design our perfect healthcare industry. Design our perfect healthcare system for the U.S. One that is affordable and accessible and easy to understand. I think the complexity of our system is sometimes overwhelming, especially overwhelming for patients. So I think something that people can afford, people know how to access. That's probably the two most important things you can do. I think the challenge is the transition from here to there, right? It's like driving down the highway at 70 miles an hour and pulling the transmission out of your car. Like that's probably not going to go well. So I acknowledge the challenge of making the transition to a more accessible, affordable system. But uh, that's those are the two things I would focus on. I love it, Kyle. And one thing, you know, I I really want to call out what you just said right there was helping people understand how to use it. I think all too often people say, well, let's build this thing over here and, and let's make pe- let's make prices transparent. Let's make it easier to access care. But if we don't spend any time letting people know, hey, there's actually a new way to go out there and experience healthcare as a service, it's not going to do any good if, if no customers show up to the door, right? 100%. Yeah. It's all about getting the right information to the choices. Kyle Kaiser, CEO of Arrive Health. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure chatting with you here on Healthcare Americana. Thanks for the invite, Chris. That's going to do it for this episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out online at healthcareamericana.com to catch previous episodes. Subscribe to our mailing list and visit our online store. Once again, I am your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all our episodes, visit the shop, and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro and managed by Melissa Turpin. Healthcare Americana is brought to you by Freedom HealthWorks and Freedom Doc. If you've been struggling to get the care you need and the access you want, it's time to join your local Freedom Doc. Visit freedomdoc.care to find the practice location nearest you. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.